Hello everyone! Before we start this week's episode, we just wanted to use our little platform here to encourage you all to participate in the Black Lives Matter movement, and to donate to a charity that resonates with you. You can give to the George Floyd Memorial Fund, the Bail Project, or to the National Black Lives Matter organization in your country. But if you're donating, it's worth considering the smaller charities doing good work to challenge racism in your area. Yeah, for um, Australian listeners, we've got the Bridging the Gap Foundation for Indigenous Health and Education, who aim to bridge the gap between Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians when it comes to health and education. The North Australian Aboriginal Justice Agency, which is a not-for-profit legal service supporting Aboriginal people and their families in the Northern Territory. And the National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Women's Alliance, uh, which is an organisation that's empowering Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander women in Australia, all very self-explanatory. Um, yeah, it's, it's really highlighted or reminded everybody how huge an issue it is here as well. So you can do a lot of good there. And here in the UK, I'd like to highlight the work of Black Minds Matter. Uh, they're a UK mental health charity committed to connecting black individuals and families with such needs with professional mental health services. And even more locally to me, there's the Stephen Lawrence Charitable Trust, works with young people from disadvantaged backgrounds, um, age, people aged 13 to 30, inspiring them and enabling them to succeed. Thank you very much for listening. Be a good ally, stay safe, and remember, Black Lives Matter. Thanks, guys. that's deader than Dickens. I'm Paul Salt. I swear when I don't have to. Oh, I hate that. Makes me want to kill yeah, you. Yeah, look. <laughs> Sods. <laughs> we are right smack dab and other young people phrases in the middle of recommendations month. Hot diggity damn, yes we are. <laughs> and uh, the latest young person to <laughs> say, hey, watch this film, Dick Wads, to us was Matthew Whitaker. Yeah, he's your boss. He's the boss, and I respect that. <laughs> all, all around nice guy. Yeah, uh, uh, including in his Rex, because hey, he recommended us this and not uh, Bucky Larson. <laughs> Bucky Larson for Mean Guns. No, this is very generous of him because he has recommended Mean Guns. The city's most dangerous criminals. You think you scare me? Have been invited to play the world's most dangerous game. To win, you eliminate the competition. Prize ten million dollars. Now everyone is a moving target. Get down, Lucy. And the only way to survive... Having a good time, little girl? ...is to play the game. Okay, I got one. Play the game and finish it. We have to kill them all! Meet the guns. It's the 1997 action film directed by Albert Pune. Now, I love Albert Pune. He makes low-budget, high-concept genre B-movies with just-past-their-prime stars. It's limited resources, (laughs) but it's, you know, it's just like the imagination factory. There's this wonderful sense of just, you'd show up on set and it's like, okay, what have we got? (laughs) You know, what can we do? (laughs) Wowza. (laughs) Here's a gun. Let's try filming this getting shot a few times. (laughs) Who's here? Christopher Lambert. (laughs) Weatherspoons. Take, like, saving an old church and then... And then, like, buying loads of nearly gone off beer. Christopher Lambert not having a music night. license. Yeah. <laughs> Let's use him. Oh, fuck. It just it conjures up images of, like, Roger Corman or Herschel Gordon Lewis just making a feature out of whatever. Um, and the results are messy and often bad. 
but very entertaining, I find. Um, he nearly directed Total Recall, interestingly, but didn't. <laughs> Crucially. Didn't do that. Crucially didn't, instead making movies like Cyborg with JCVD. Mm-hmm. Nemesis, Nemesis, one through four. <laughs> and the Kickboxer early... Kickboxer 2? Kickboxer, yes, Kickboxer 2. I don't know a member of that one had JCVD in it. <laughs> um, and he also directed the early bad Amer- Captain America movie. Yes, he the did. One, the one that was made for a tenor. <laughs> it's like Chris Evans, though. It's surprising. Yeah, he, he plays all the parts in that one. <laughs> uh, he argued that that would be the best way of doing it. I'm glad, I'm glad Marvel helped him see the light. <laughs> Marvel were a fucking shit show in the early 90s, guys. Seriously. Um, but in 1997, Pune made Mean Guns with Ice-T and yes. Christopher Lambert. <laughs> Christopher Lambert. Lambert. Now, I found no professional reviews of this film. Oh. But some info at Amazon, in his one-star review, writes constant oh. violence with gun shooting and baseball bat bludgeoning non-stop. Not even <laughs> the whispered mumblings of the stars could save this film. Not even. Not even. I suppose it had to fall under some category. It gives the action movie category a bad name. It's so oh. bad it couldn't even be classified a comedy. A mystery? <laughs> By the end of the movie, it didn't really matter what the movie was about. My vote? A waste of time. He's touching on numerous <laughs> sayings there, isn't he? If it, it's, it's, do you know what? It's, it's, it's not even so bad that it's not bad. Uh, I think it's that. Yeah. It's on the tip so- of my tongue. Some info um, has clearly just overheard conversations. <laughs> English is a second language. He skipped the grammar, the the, set, the, 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 the vocabulary, he just went straight to idioms. <laughs> he's mastered three of them, and he's had a go at the rest. <laughs> now, three to a man. We've got some fun two-men, including actors in common with Pearl Harbor, Vampire's Kiss, and The Last Witch Hunter. Ooh. But no three Fuck. Bit of a milestone, though. The three-man database went over the 100,000 entries uh, mark. Oh, Christ. I know, 100,000 characters, that is. So multiple roles. There are several actors. I think it's something yeah, okay. like... It's still over 900,000 um, actors because we don't have that many three-men. Christ. And I wondered, how many three-men do we have? Well, I can count that because the three-man spreadsheet is essentially just me dumping a cast list on top of a big list each week. And then I've got a yeah. conditional formatting rule that highlights any repeated names. And I just searched to yes. see if there's three of them. I could use a countif function to create a column that displays how many times each name appears on the list besides each name. And then I just use another countif function to count how many times the number is 3, 4, 5, etc. Divide those numbers by 3, 4, 5, etc. And I'll have our numbers. Easy. Okay. Turns out, getting a computer to count how many times 100,000 names occur in a list of 100,000 names... Takes a while. Ah, oh, that's not fun. What's the point? I mean, in, in terms of individual checks, it's only 10 billion. That's, look, Google does that <laughs> in a matter of seconds. Exactly. So this shouldn't be a problem for my 10-year-old computer. <laughs> so five hours later, I come back. <laughs> and my com- I say to my computer, so how's it going? <gasps> it's done. I did it. <laughs> oh, great. Well done. Hey, can I just click on this cell here? Don't fucking touch me. <laughs> Give me a minute. Okay. It's your fault. <laughs> and it suddenly occurs to me, one of the reasons it's continuing to struggle, even though it looks like it's finished, is that I basically now have a spreadsheet of 100,000 formulas that are refreshing every time I do anything. So all I need to do is replace the formulas with their calculated values. Easy. You just copy the column, uh, control alt V to special paste, and then select values instead mm-hmm. of formulas, and you're in. Um, so an okay. hour after I did that... <laughs> <laughs> 
And I can't help but feel a little less curious about how many three men we've had. We've got many, at least ten. At least ten. Nevertheless, it did actually work. So, <laughs> okay. in reverse order, we have one Sevenman. You know who that is. Is it Jackie Sandler? It's Jackie Sandler, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the worst of them all. The worst of them all. The true menace. The Emperor Palpatine of our podcast. <laughs> uh, we have one Sixman. I don't think you'll know them. It's Chris Titoni. I think he's he's another Sandler regular. Oh, okay. I think he's one of the famous ones, like Crosshead, Crosshead guy. Uh, oh, fuck him then. <laughs> five Five Men. It's quite pleasing. <laughs> five Five Men. <laughs> 24 Foreman. 24 Foreman. No. 24 Foreman. Yeah. Five Five Men, 24 Foreman. <laughs> and do you want to guess how many Three Men? 90. So fucking close. That's almost un- unreal. It's 85. Oh. Now, I will never try and get my computer to do that again. I promised it. And it's the condition under which it didn't leave. Um, but I am going to keep track of the next 15 three-mans so that we'll know who our 100th bin person is. <laughs> oh, yay. Yay. Then we'll have to get a new bin. <laughs> well, actually, whole shit, because all of the five-man, six-man, and seven-man were three-man before they were six-man, five-man, and seven-man. So I guess we've already had our hundredth. No. Well, individual. Individual <laughs> yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, there's definitely some significance to that. <laughs> we've, we've, we've got the bin. We made it for a hundred people. <laughs> when so, we get a hundred in there, we can end. We can close it and it'll go off to heaven. Yeah, we won't know. That'll be the sad thing. It'll be the clear turning point in our careers. <laughs> The movie has no score on Rotten Tomatoes, 5.6 on IMDb, and I have no idea how much it cost or how much it made. So, Paul, you breakfast of champions. <laughs> What's one thing about Mean Guns that made you feel stuffed to the gills with bear? Oh, my boy, my boy, my boy. Um, the studio logo is accompanied by a sick 80s... And um, it just really made me appreciate the fact that it was a film made in the 90s. We start with an edgy game of chess. Whoa. Whoa! Like the kids play. Ice T sits down with an old man. Then he gets out a gun and shoots him, which starts yep. the hilarious credit sequence. Yes. Because he gets the gun out and shoots him, and the title appears. And then more mm-hmm. gunshots indicate more credits. Like different credits come up as there are more gunshots, and the gunshots get more so. Yeah. But it really implies <laughs> that Ice T is just continuing to shoot this <laughs> one guy. <laughs> With increasingly larger guns. And I do understand redemption. (laughs) Or just every person who appears on the credits. The too many cook style murder spree. And you and you and you and you. Starring iced tea. <laughs> oh Christ. So yeah, after some epic nineties editing noises and some excellent nineties dialogue, we learn that Ice T, what he's done, is he's grouped together a bunch of absolute characters in an abandoned prison. Oh yeah. Who have all betrayed the syndicate in some way. So the now they've got to have a battle royale until there's yes. only three left, or they all die. Yeah. Yeah, but also, the winner gets millions of dollars, which seems unnecessary. <laughs> I mean, you're going to kill us if we don't get down to three. So, it's pretty good incentive. Um, and Ice-T kills two of them whilst explaining this. Yeah, because 
he, he, he just after doing that, he says, now you're all almost professionals. So he did have to kill yeah. the Hells Angel and Keanu Reeves. The two people <laughs> who, when he goes, you got any questions? They're just like, yeah, your butt. <laughs> Does anyone else have any questions? Me? <laughs> anyone else? And someone else goes to put their hands up and someone else like pushes it back down again. <laughs> Well, the big Englishman has a has a very sensible question, and Christopher Lam- Lambert asks where he can get the music because he loves yeah, because he likes dancing Lambert. music. Any other questions? Yes. Where can I get this CD? You like Parada? Yes. Makes you want to dance. And he doesn't get shot for that. He doesn't. I'd shoot him for that. So the script demands it. Our, ca- our characters are. And it's interesting to note who I thought was going to be important at this stage of my note-taking. <laughs> okay. We've got Christopher Lambert. Mm-hmm. Stephen Rear, I've called him. Do you know who Stephen Rear is? Yes. Yeah, I thought Englishman looked a lot like Stephen Rear. Yes. Um, Marcus in the movie. I can't remember his actual mm. name. Um, he, looks, he also reminds me a bit of Clive Owen. Yeah, it's a mix of both of those, but it's crucially not either of them. Um <laughs> 90s twins, which is the Asian guy and the blonde guy. Like Ryu and Ken for me. Yes. That's pretty good, actually. Ryu and Ken, I'll stick with, stick with that. Mr. Fucking Nice Guy, who's the guy who doesn't like swearing. I got a healthy respect for profanity, okay? It's just that they're not happy words and it don't make me happy to hear them. Use something over and over and over again, you know, it ceases to have any meaning. Hell, 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 you know what I mean? So what do you care if I use it if it doesn't mean anything? Look, all I'm saying is maybe you use them a little less. He doesn't like swearing. Yes. Paul, what happens to him? Because I don't notice he, him again. He, I'm pretty sure, D shoots him. Okay. D shoots him, but he's he's got something in his pocket that blocks the bullet. But I don't remember. Right, what I to wondered him after if that. that was him. I think that was him. We have Carla Cugino from Snake Eyes. Now, <laughs> when I say Carla Cugino from Snake Eyes, do I mean the character who's a snitch, just like Carla Cugino's character from Snake Eyes? Or do I mean the one who has very gratuitous down-the-top shots for the entire film? Well, I'm not Brian De Palma. It's the one who's a snitch. Ah, oh, I was definitely going to say it was yeah. the boob lady. <laughs> well, we also have boob lady. Um, <laughs> who I'll call by her actual name, Barbie, because that fits quite well. Oh, uh, yeah, true. Sonya Blade. <laughs> yeah. That's D. Yeah. And Hat Man. He's a hat man. (laughs) Who lasts a surprisingly long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, him. Yeah, the guy with the hat. Does he have a gang of hat men, though? (laughs) Yes, he does. He has his little Batman-style gang of hat men. Like the Warriors. Oh, fuck. So what follows is about 15 minutes of them killing nameless, faceless goons. Red shirts, yeah. Blue shirts, whichever one. I've never seen Star Trek. (laughs) All the shirts. Yeah, we find out what happens if you don't hire a firearms advisor for your film. <laughs> People tend to shoot guns as if they were like f- trying to get something off the end of their finger. <laughs> Ice-T especially has a, has a yes. one of his guns where he's, Aww. yeah, as, as if he, he's got to give the bullet a little leg up <laughs> on its way. <laughs> on you go, little, little agent of death. Fling it out the bow. Or yeah. he's going to spin it, wanted style. I would, yeah, oh. I would absolutely adore it if um, every shot that he made just missed grossly, like off the mark. This is the worst. <laughs> just never shot a gun. Oh fuck! Um, <laughs> never. First time. He's very excited. Englishman, Eng- Englishman Marcus. He gets many shots throughout the movie of just standing completely still and and lazily <laughs> firing a shotgun. And he's the best yeah. warrior of them all. <laughs> he's the greatest soldier. Well, some allegiances form is the next interesting thing that happens. Yes. Um, 
Barbie pairs up with Ken and Ryu, yeah. um, who are doing a lot of the killing. They're doing and, most of it. And a lot of the jokes, Paul. Oh, that's a jokey. The comedic it. relief. <laughs> you can tell. Uh, Sonya Blade, Stephen Rio, and Carla Cugino <laughs> all team up. And then fucking Christopher Lambert teams up with them too. Oh, no. You don't he's want one too many. And a crazy. <laughs> and nuts. He's on, yeah. he's on Valium, Prozac, and Ritalin, which is um, not, not a working combination. I'm Do ready you- to f- oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, maybe it's a maybe it's an equalizer. Gets, gets super high, super low. It's the only way to get Christopher Lambert right. Yeah, <laughs> it's at home um, with the lobster trying to get the right level of salt water. He just keeps ch- chomping pills. Well, look, Team Lambert has a problem because Kajino doesn't want to kill anyone. Uh, so we get to play a very long game of are we supposed to like these people with Sonya Blade and Christopher <laughs> Lambert. Results inconclusive. You're an old woman, my friend. I don't know whether to screw you or kill you. Wish we didn't say before I made the film that it needed to be an hour and 50. <laughs> Wish I didn't sign <laughs> that contract. That? Shit. <laughs> well, let's just have them have this conversation twice, Christmas tree style. Oh, Team Lambert decided to, well, they decide to set a trap. And they utilise a lengthy metaphor in which it seems that what they're planning on doing is utilising Kajino as bait. And then they don't do yes. that. Yes. They say that they just say, we're in the starting area, so come kill each other because that's what we've got to do. So come do it. Yeah. And yeah. Plus, is there six people, seven people left at this stage? Oh, something like that. Well, we've got the two, basically down to the two teams. And it looks like the two teams are going to confront each other. And there's actually going to be some impactful action where our characters are going to be in danger. Oh, no, don't worry. There's a hundred more unnamed goons for them to kill. Yeah. Great. They, they turn Including up. Hatman. No. <laughs> no, Hatman. <laughs> Finally, a significant death, which I didn't notice. Christopher Lambert kills Sonya Blade. And I think most of it is cut. Yes, I didn't notice that, but she was gone now. He throttles her in the end. He gets a wire around her neck. Yes, I do remember. He he enjoyed doing that. There's there's a couple of shots of him earlier doing that. So I'm willing to believe that. <laughs> Barbie manages to get the twins to kill each other, but then she yeah. dies because of a classic Stephen Rea ruse. <laughs> a classic Home Alone j- jape. <laughs> yeah, it is a Home Alone jape that goes too far. There's an explosive briefcase that explodes in her face, setting her hair on fire, and she slams her head into a locker trying to put it out. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's her like her soot blackened face, mm. her, her head like it's the same fire on head on fire effect as Joe Pesci. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the same scream. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Oh, fuck me. Um, well, look in the end. <laughs> fuck wait, it, Chris, you know? wait. Christopher Lambert has a daughter or someone. Who's in a car? He doesn't have a daughter. Like, He's kidnapped a girl, I think. Well, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this girl's this little girl in a car just outside yeah. the prison where all of this is taking place, and he nips out occasionally to, to say hello. What you just do. You're my daughter Look, now. The, ge- <laughs> the geography of this place is fucking Kubrick level. Yeah, labyrinthine. <laughs> Kubrick trapped There's in a no system. You can walk through any door and be in any other place. <laughs> yeah. Cagino um, um, Ria. Lambert and Ice T all end up in a standoff. Yeah. And they all die, except Kajino. <laughs> except Kajino, yeah. It turns out there was beef. There was there was that they at this stage decide to have a plot. There was some previous involvement <laughs> between Rhea and Lambert and something to do with a uh, daughter getting raped and killed. I didn't quite follow that part. Yes, that was mentioned. That must have been cut as well because 
<laughs> like that that was something that happened that was the thing that happened to him that caused all the PTSD that made him feel a bit yeah. bad when he was garroting people and that's the reason he goes around going <laughs> yeah exactly that's actually the yeah, the, the, the <laughs> genesis of that weird thing um, yeah and and just before he dies he goes that was my real daughter and I don't know which girl he was talking about <laughs> um, what and then he dies yeah yeah hey oh then seemingly with Englishman with Stephen Rare standing yeah. up he's a very tall man and Christopher Lambert on the ground Christopher yeah. Lambert puts his gun against Stephen Rear's belly and Marcus belly. Man- and Englishman puts his gun against Christopher Lambert's neck but there is no indication that he's leaning over him at this stage so it's just two disconnected hands in the ether <laughs> I didn't notice that oh. that's fucking hilarious they've got the longest arms <laughs> it's a long arm with the Lambert cuts back and they're, both of their secrets are they have enormous arms and that's that's how they're so good at killing they've been hiding them behind their backs this whole movie <laughs> twist I have a massive hand um that's very interesting because I actually also have a oh no <laughs> I spent too long before revealing my massive hand I'm Christopher Nolan <laughs> twist um, that's what that's the true meaning of inception <laughs> it's that you don't know I've got a really long arm but you did <laughs> Are you watching closely? Anyway, yeah, Gugino rides off with a kid that <laughs> a kid. I don't know which. Um, <laughs> the kid that there is, yeah, and all the money that was there. So all the fucking yeah. money, scot free, yeah. no strings. Yeah, shouldn't have to kill anyone. Hope the cameras weren't working. <laughs> um, and she gets to work for the syndicate that continues to exist. Great. So oh, yeah, nice. So what do you think? What do you think of Ming Guns? It was definitely on track to being so bad. It's good, and for a long time it yeah. is. It is. It is. It really is. And I, I guess, I guess, a lot of so bad they're good movies are, do have those lulls in the middle. But yeah, there was just it, it's it's a great idea. When I realised what it's it was, a brilliant they, premise. They get led in. It's a hundred traitors to the syndicate, and they have to kill yeah. each other now. It just, yeah. it just doesn't manage royale. to keep it going. It's a battle royale. Yeah, yeah. it just doesn't manage to maintain the the stupid the stupid glee that I got from it. Yeah, um, for the duration, unfortunately. There's three things I genuinely like, and then there's the so bad it's good stuff. And the three things I genuinely like all come with caveats. The three things are: we have a good premise, yeah, we have some good action beats, and we have some endearing or amusing characters. Now let's yes. go to that premise. Good premise, but we don't have a strong script because the action is not furthering the story. It's a battle yeah. royale story, so have a look at battle royale. Any version yeah. of that story, the book, manga, um, film. You know, they all have the same strength, which is that every conflict kills someone important, changes our characters' plans, or just generally makes things more difficult for everyone. Every yeah, right. action sequence does that. Uh, here, it's it's just more goons show up, and they kill them. And yes. I just kept thinking all the way through, kill someone, think uh, like of the director or the writer, yeah. kill one of your characters. This is not episode four of a TV show you might have to run for ten seasons. It's an, yes. an it could be a two hour movie and you're an hour in kill some of your characters. Everyone's yeah. going to end up dead anyway, so just space it out a bit better. Yes, definitely. Like yeah, the, the the most daring death there was was the the death of the the Puritan, the swear boy, <laughs> the the gang member who hates swearing. <laughs> um, yeah, he he dies relatively early on, but that's but he's not that well known. 
Um, and <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah. should have snowballed from then, but it didn't. Yeah, I mean, you could have really been just offering some of these guys much in much more memorable ways. Sonya, if Sonya Blade had bit it really early on, that would have been quite a surprise. Mm. You know, it's this kind of badass yeah. chick who's meant to be cool and everyone, and then the sort of uh, klutzy blonde that, you know, was in the car with her, who's just the kind of, you know, chitty one, turns out to actually have better survival instincts than Sonya Blade. Yeah. That would have been an interesting twist. Yeah, definitely. Because she makes it quite a while, in a believable way. I, I'm saving this for a later point, but I really liked Barbie. She was a good character. She was unpredictable. Yeah. You know, I never quite knew what whose side she was on, or whether or not she was being genuine, and that made her exciting. She's on her own side. I liked her, She yeah, using her <laughs> womanly wiles to hoodwink Ryu and Ken to um, yeah. like, protect her for as long as she needed them to. And then turn them against each other when she needed them to. It's fair. Yeah. yeah. There's a character in Battle Royale who does that. She didn't make the movie, but in the manga, there's a very sexy kind of manipulative girl who's really fucked up. I can't remember her name now, but she's like one of two antagonists along with the scary guy, Kiriyama. God, I really like that. I really like like that Battle Royale. I need to Um, read that manga again. I remember fucking just being hooked on it. I remember I read pretty much the whole thing in a day. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I couldn't stop. Yeah, fuck. It's uh, yeah, just not not just... uh, not translated into mean guns, really. <laughs> no. <laughs> what what it what it mm. has be- what it becomes, I suppose, is Christopher Lambert and um, mm. Lambert and Stephen Ray, Marcus, whatever the the guy's name is. Yeah. It's just about the two of them waiting for the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, they, it's established early on these are going to be. Although I didn't know, I didn't necessarily definitely know they were going to be our two final ones. I thought Stephen Rear was going to buy it fairly quick. Because really? he seemed to be the antagonist. I thought he was the antagonist for a bit because he kidnapped the woman at the beginning. Yeah, well, he was... Yeah. I mean, I he, he he, he's just... the antagonist, really. He um, he survives the whole... Yeah, he seemed a bit lame early on. I quite like him as a character now, but early on he just seemed a bit nerdy. I really liked his delivery. Um, yeah. Let me ask you a question. There's a man who's killed 26 people. Some innocent, some not. And if when you ask why he did what he did, he's got reasons he can he can tell you. Will that make it all right? No. no. I didn't think so. And there, there's voice. one bit at the, the beginning when the gunfight starts where everyone's scrabbling to get a gun and he hmm. he, he gets one and immediately goes to shoot Christopher Lambert but he's um but Christopher Lambert's gone. And hmm. that that was that effectively communicated that they were the two they were the, the ah, main the main people there. And it made him look really threatening. Yeah. Hmm. That's a good point. So let's talk about the action a bit. It's it's pretty good. It's very stylized in a super nineties way. Yes. And when a movie is ultra stylized, it can either over time, when we get to now, become embarrassing or <laughs> camp. Yes. Usually you have to go through embarrassing to get to camp, you know, you give it a bit more time. Yeah. And a lot of this was camp in a fun way. You know, it was Yeah. It was silly. <laughs> it, it was it was really silly, and yeah, know, it was as as we said earlier with Ice T's special thrusting mm. way of of sh- pointing and shooting. <laughs> um, yeah, ev- everybody was walking around wearing floor length coats that didn't suit them. I was very happy with that. <laughs> yeah, just w- whether it's Marcus's lackadaisical shotgun work or Chris- Christopher <laughs> Lambert's, he it just. It's almost Dagler style. His, his his approach to a gunfight was just to enter firing two guns that didn't look like he was aiming properly. 
yeah. running headlong into the firefight. His facial expression is one of my good things. His, when he's firing a gun, it's just a kind of vacant disinterest that I really, <laughs> really liked. A sleepiness that really yeah. complemented the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, you know, I fucking oh, love Christopher Lambert in this. It's just, yeah. w- without him, it wouldn't have been as fun, for sure. It's, it's no. one of those, I think. He makes it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the characters were all very similar. It was largely one note, too cool for school. Yeah. The big joke is that they're disinterested in the people they're killing and not that scared about the yeah. horrible situation, which was fine. And some of them did it better than others. Mm. Do you know what, though? The, the thing with the action is... All of this makes me appreciate how effortless John Woo makes it look. Because you see yeah. John Woo movies in the 90s and you just think, oh, we figured out action then. This is clearly the best way to do gunfights. How come we're not doing nothing but that ever since? But it's actually yeah. really hard. That pacing and sense of mayhem, but clarity in mayhem, that was hard. Yeah. Not, even, not even John Woo's managing it much these days. Yeah. I don't... I don't know. I don't know what the the key is then, because it's not just something yeah. like a platitude, like passion or, or love for the craft or anything. It's <laughs> you, you've got to get that right, that balance between sincerity and. I think part of it is budget. In a John Woo movie, someone fires a gun, something explodes. Whether it's yeah. a massive squib in somebody's chest or a nearby box or just yeah. a piece of nothing, suddenly the air is full of rubble and bits and mess, yes. and that takes effort. Um, because yeah. you have to clean that shit up and reset it in between in between takes. So if you're a budget True. filmmaker and you got to get certain amounts of stuff filmed in a day, you're probably not going to go for that much mayhem. Very true. We we were watching. Um, we've been rewatching Game of Thrones since our uh, oh, yeah. since our pitch. In this one episode, we've we've now met Bron and he takes out oh, yeah. a few of the hill the hill tribe. And there's mm. one bit where he, it doesn't look particularly good. He like, he raises his sword and sort of puts it against someone's neck and then like moves them mm. along the sword. And it doesn't look oh, yeah. like either of them have practiced the move very much. So it looks kind of crap. But then the next <laughs> shot is him whisking this guy across his blade and he spins mm. around and turns the camera and his neck just bursts and blood sprays everywhere. And that was so <laughs> fucking cool that yeah. it doesn't matter that the, the lead up to it <laughs> looked a bit lame. Yeah. So that that impact is 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 really important. The same as you know, you shouldn't cut away from the from every punch because without that yeah. toot, that meaty impact, you just you're left wanting. I think good action is messy. You know, you think of like the lobby sequence and the Matrix and all the rubble yeah. flying about. I think yeah. just good, exciting action sequences are messy, and yeah. messy is expensive in a film. So but no, here you've got Christopher yeah. Lambert running in with his coat, <laughs> firing, and you don't even really yeah. see the blast of the guns. The guns, no. the guns are just moving as he fires. If this had been made a little bit later, I'd accuse it of using plugins because I, yeah. I sometimes got the impression the guns weren't actually firing and they were just kind of doing that and then things yeah. were being added in post. But yeah. I don't know how easy that was back then. I know probably um, Robert Rodriguez was already doing it because he was an early adopter of that kind of thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's why well, do it for uh, real when you could not. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> you have an emotional reaction from the audience. So, to sum up on Mean Guns, it was good fun. I, I really liked the premise. I was very happy for a good half hour of the yeah. f- initial run. Um, could have been greater. It could have been, like, really genuinely good if yeah. more diverse set of characters, yeah. um, a bit more daring with them in terms of who you are from when, yeah. action that actually moves the plot forwards, 
You can also think about Free Fire as well, which is a situation where you've got a small number of characters and they don't die, you know, throughout. They die mostly in the third act, but every action is still causing the conflict to change. Yeah, it's for moving sure. people around the board. It's forcing everybody to be on the floor now. It's moving into an office building. It's introducing a new element. You know, it's a constant struggle for power. Power yeah, struggle, exactly. you might say. Yeah, with people gaining upper hands. This it has a status quo that it kicks into about fifteen minutes in, and then you're pretty yeah. much in it until half an hour from the end. Yeah, they effectively just agree to work together, and then that's yeah. the, they're the only main people in in the entire yeah. movie. <laughs> it, it, it's very yeah. well intentionally silly, and yes. I. I I Endearing. enjoyed it for the most part. It was like a holiday from our usual shit. And yeah, exactly. You know, that was great. It was so nice to just watch some 90s action because I've always got time for that. Um, <sighs> and there's some really great stuff in here. So let's quickfire. Yeah, it's a bit of a long list, actually. Me too. I'll start. Um, Moody Ice Tea in the opening. Yes. Lit up face. Fucking cool voice. Ice Tea's got a great voice. He I don't has. know if I knew this before, but fuck me, he's got a voice. Here I sit alone and wait. Surrounded by broken tablets and new tablets, half covered with writing. When will my hour come? The hour of my going down and going under, for I want to go among men once more. It's got a very poetic delivery as well in, in this opening scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got me in the mood. That's a good, strong opening. Nice. When th- this guy Jerry at the beginning... Um, mm. This this uh, he's a, might be a uh, private dick who mm. grabs Cam uh, Carla Gugino on the subway platform. Mm. Like it's almost got a bit of a, a slapstick spoof feel to it. Oh, where yeah. he, he grabs her and he's sort of confiding something in her, and I couldn't tell whether he was capturing her or just confiding in her. He like grabs her, holds her very close, and they walk. And as they as they walk, he's sort of filling her in out of the, the, the side of his mouth. And, yeah. and it made it felt like it felt like a Peter Sellers bit of physical <laughs> comedy, and I have no idea if that was intentional, but I did enjoy it very much. <laughs> Excellent. I was concentrating on how awkward the walk was. Yes, because usually when you have a moment like that, you know the person pulls on them, and then suddenly the two are walking. But no, she didn't want to be walking with him, and she kept that up for a long while into the walk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, very interesting bit of physical. It was. <laughs> physical wonder there um in the scene where a lot of our main characters are in a car together hmm. barbie is in the back with i can't remember who's in the back seat one of the guys is to her right and sonia blade is to her left and the, she's jostling she's jostling with the guy and she ends up getting pushed into uh sonia blade yeah and sonia blade looking really pissed off and i think okay she's gonna say something here just says are we there yet in a really yeah. like shitty way which made me laugh and then shortly afterwards, she has a proper altercation with ba- with Barbie, where she just says, "Hey, my space," and then grabs her face, your space, and pushes her back. <laughs> that which is I good. thought was cool. And I was like, "Ah, oh, it's like living with Paul. <laughs> Look how cheeky Christopher Lambert is, pointing his gun finger at the gang members and wearing that awful floor length leather coat as he that looks like a dressing <laughs> gown when he enters the room. <laughs> it, it's 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 mostly walking in with that little smile and the big head of yeah. his, and just pointing at all the gang members with his gu- with his finger gun." <laughs> And yeah. thinking, oh, I don't know what you're going for here. <laughs> I loved it. But I'm, I'm, on, I'm on board immediately. <laughs> when Sweary Man, when non-Sweary Man is trying to explain his rationale for not liking swear words, he just says, they're not happy words. <laughs> <laughs> and I just really like that as an explanation yeah. for why he doesn't like swearing. They're not happy words. I don't want to hear them. 
<laughs> and is also his on... rationale of, you know, if you use swear words too much, they lose their meaning. Which I agree with. Yeah. But um, We should have noticed him die. He should have been shot and then just been like, fuck. And then yeah. fallen over or something. Fucking cut and then just <laughs> blasted away. You bitch. Um, <laughs> farts, he says. Um, Happy words, John. I do like the conceit of beginning this whole shoot 'em up by throwing mm. down this sackful of guns. Yeah. Um, with no ammo in. That moment was great. The yeah. um, the concept of it, yes, but also the actual doing of it. It really yeah. got me quite tense when they've got yeah. this big thing of guns and you, you know that's what they're doing. And you can see everyone anticipating and they start to pour them. It was really well edited, I found. Yeah. And they pick them up and none of them have ammo in and everyone's madly clicking weapons. <laughs> Which takes them a while to notice. But they're all just going... One guy is like... Yeah. Clint Eastwood style, smacking the... Um, yep, yeah. Is it the pin or... Um, Padding the pony. That's the uh, hammer. Smack, smack it. The hammer, sorry. That's it. As, <laughs> as, um, and trying to fire, but it's just no, nothing in any of the guns. Pat and skip. And then... Yeah, it's, it's tense. You're thinking... <laughs> what's going to what's gonna happen when yeah, the ammo drops? If that was me, I would have ran and gone, I'll just make do with a spatula. I find someone Yeah, I'll else. wait for someone to get me and then take his gun. I'll hide, and then someone can kill me later. <laughs> yeah. We all play Fortnite. We know exactly how it goes. Just get the fuck out of there and find somewhere quiet to get your head. And then you can, yeah, just die later. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, this is a gag that got a bit spoiled for me. They're in the elevator, hmm. and Muzak starts playing. Like, it kicks in after a beat. It does, yeah. It's not playing already. It kicks in after a bit. Everyone just kind of looks at each other uncomfortably, and that made me laugh. Then the twins, um, Luigi and Mario, what are they called? Uh, Ken and Ryu. <laughs> yeah. They started dancing, and that kind of spoiled it a bit for me. It was a bit that much. really spoiled it for me. Um, that, yeah. that actually set them against me, set me against them for a long time. <laughs> that made me think, oh, I'm going to dislike you two. <laughs> uh, and that did continue into some of their dialogue, because the whole gag was that they're casually counting how many people they killed in the middle of you know the battlefield, and it's just yeah. like, I get it. I get uh, it. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, staircase guy, so this guy, eight. Is that all? Yep. No, no. Yeah. No, there was yeah. three in the warehouse. Uh, Blackie, bad hair guy, big guy. Uh, uh, staircase guy, this guy, and uh, scream, scream a thing of mine. But the guy playing uh, Ken um, uh-huh. was Tommy in Friday the 13th Part 6. Holy shit, that's great. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, yes. I love Tommy. And I love Tommy in part six. He's the best. He's one of the funniest things in that. His relationship yeah. with the girl is so yeah, good. Yeah, fucking great. Made me happy. Fantastic. Yeah, that's brilliant, man. Good good shout. Good spot. Yeah. Look how much I oh. peaked my audio during that excitement. <laughs> Five stars. For, look forward to that, listeners. <laughs> Some of There was a lot of weird cutting with the combat, but occasionally when Lambert mm. had a baseball bat. You did, yes. There was a few contact shots that were satisfying. And, and that sort of... Yep. Dung. Of someone being twatted yeah. around the noggin with a baseball bat. That looked good. Yeah, the first time he fights a guy who is also holding a baseball bat and they do like a sword fight with the bats, yeah. it's very Highlander. And that was a good little exchange in one shot. It was, yeah, it was quite yeah. decent. It was a little slow. Um, and then there was a cut before it yeah. where I thought, oh no, they're going to cut on every impact here. Oh, not that one. And it was it was <laughs> like a one. one, two. It was like a feint of, oh, you yeah. thought I was going to cut on everyone, but I saved the worst one for, <laughs> for last. <laughs> Take that. Um, he's a hat man. 
the hat man <laughs> I really yeah. liked with his um, he's he's visible in the crowd shot and he's got a big mustache and a hat with a little flower in it and a waistcoat and I just thought oh you're the best guy here what's your deal <laughs> oh should have been shot at the beginning for answering a stupid que- asking a stupid question there was one scene where this guy I'm just going to assume he's Australian because he had a mullet and a moustache um, hmm. he's being chased by Winkus and Dingus Ryu and Ken <laughs> And it's a very, it's as if a Jackie Chan movie was poorly choreographed because it's in this weird setting. It's in a kitchen or something or in like a, you're like a processing facility within this prison. And he's on a chair and he's spinning around and and he's throwing something at people. And if that was a a talented martial artist, then that could have been a really exciting scene. Um, But it still felt like they were trying to make use of the environment. And that, I appreciated that. Um, That's good. They could have done with a, yes, obviously have a rapper because... You want a good action movie. Mm. You need that. But then also get... I mean, Jet Li was pretty big at that time, right? Jet Li was not only big, but he was in the States. He was doing, like, Romeo Must Die, and I think the one, this is late 90s, early noughties stuff that he was doing. Yeah, this is effectively Romeo Must Die anyway. Yeah. Just splice, splice some shots in. <laughs> okay, my next one. Sonya Blade looks cool. Yes, uh, she What does. was the character name? D. D, yeah, she looked great with her head-to-toe levers and fucking yeah. cool stuff. I don't call the character Sonya Blade for nothing. She looked like Sonya Blade from the 95 movie, played by that excellent yeah. chick with the eyebrows and the permanent fuck-off vibes yeah. uh, that she also brought to uh, Billy Madison when she yeah. played the love interest. Yeah, yeah, she had, yeah, she was cool. And she also reminded me of the of Sonya Blade from the second one, so she's got both of those yeah. things going on. Um, <laughs> she's a meld of blades. A meld of blades was um, a meld of blades was a character cut from Game of Thrones. <laughs> I liked how in the beginning Ice T's character doesn't just disappear; he spends a while getting his hands dirty, killing fools. Not just the, yeah. um, not just Keanu Reeves and the Hell's Angel, but he kills a guy mm. who's just in some arbitrary location in the prison. Yeah, um, and he's like, he's. I think he gives him a weapon, and he's like, "Yeah, you think you're bad?" And this guy's clearly a trained martial yeah. artist because he does a very good kick. And um, Ice-T yeah. just sort of slaps him. <laughs> yeah, that disarm was great because he slaps into the ground and the bat just goes flying. There, there he goes. He's yeah. a businessman. Yeah, he's a fucking businessman. Front room business oh. deals. <laughs> bat room business bat. Yeah, I love the line. Even when you were good, you were shit. <laughs> it's very 10-year-old. You think it you're, is. you're good, but you're shit. Actually. But even <laughs> when you were good, you were shit. It's just <laughs> yeah, so obtuse. And unwieldy. I like it a lot. I remember um, when I was a kid, I had a, I had a friend who uh, was a bit of a dick and you were mates, but... Yeah, not really. Very pleasant. And, I, and I remember te- going and telling my dad, because we used to argue all the time, and I was like, oh yeah. He, and he said to me that on my best day, he's better than me on his worst day. And my dad went, he'd never say something like that. You clearly made it up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but he's still, <laughs> still a prick. Dad. Well, that's quite something. <laughs> anyway, someone turns up to Ice-T when he's sitting by his chessboard again. Um, yeah. It's just clearly just a back room in this prison. Mm. And he's like, I want answers. And it cuts to Ice-T and he's going, no answers or some, something like that. And he says it again and it cuts back to Ice-T. He's just sitting there with his, ha- his hand brushing his lips. Yeah. As, in just the most nonplussed, yeah. nonchalant way possible. And it's yeah. just a, such a cool <laughs> image. Yeah. This guy being like, I know you want answers and I'm not going to give you any, mate. <laughs> I'm not going to give you any. Just looking supremely bored. It's yeah. very cool. Excellent. 
I liked the Goldilocks metaphor. Goldilocks is tasty to us, so Goldilocks is tasty to other bears, and what we really like to eat is other bears. So why don't we use Goldilocks as a trap for the other bears? And all the bears nodded their heads, and they said that it was good, and so they did. And Goldilocks was a very good trap for the other bears. And the three bears went back to their nice homes at night, simply stuffed to the gills with bear. The fact that that in no way translates to what they do next, um, yeah, you know, is nothing, but it was good fun. I believe it's intentional. <laughs> Fuck, there's an amazing scene where Christopher Lambert shotguns several guys in quick succession. <laughs> with the cam- the camera's facing around. him. Yeah, it's occasionally yeah. cutting to the goon getting off, but it, yeah. the way it's filmed looks like they put him on a merry-go-round. Because <laughs> the shot spins so quickly round, it triggered my motion sickness and gave me a headache for about 20 minutes. It's the beginning of, um, what do you call it, uh, bullet time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the prototype. <laughs> but without any bullet time whatsoever. It's just <laughs> the speed. camera spinning around with him while he shoots and <laughs> occasionally cutting back to people going, Ugh! It's so good. That was my highlight. That's when I thought, oh, are we about to watch like, a total gem? So <laughs> um, half, half that. Half that. Um, speaking of which, when Christopher Lambert does one of his signature, <laughs> And one of them, yeah. it comes right after he says, I'm lost. Of course you are. You're stupid. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> I enjoyed a lot of his delivery. Um, there's, yeah, there's another one I can't... Oh, I wish I could. Oh, that's it. Five. Logic prevails. Come on. We're settled, partner. Put it up. Delivery on that line was amazing. Just just such a... Yeah, he's like, four is yeah. good. Four is good because it's like three, but one more. <laughs> Another line of his in the same same scene. Um, he's, he's suggested like seeing what the sound is of a bullet going through Dee's thick skull. And yeah. as the, the, the standoff continues, with his lips right next to her ear, he just goes, rattle, rattle. <laughs> I fucking love you, Christopher Lambert. Well, that's a great detail. Uh, it was Venus yeah. on your blade, though. There's a bit where she slides down a railing while shooting upwards. Yes. <laughs> Somebody got a good deal on Desert Eagles, by the way, because there's a lot of them in this. There's a lot of Desert Eagles in this. And um, oh, okay. yeah, she slides down a railing firing two of them backwards, and it's pretty fucking cool. But she, yeah, she slides She slides backwards down a banister. Yeah. Which leads me to suggest that she, with, with the friction created by her leather pants... <laughs> And her powerful <laughs> thighs. She's managing to yeah. slow, the, slow the descent and not fall backwards. Yeah. But the core oh, strength yeah. that that would involve, Paul, is, is scary. <laughs> Admirable. That's <laughs> very impressive. I'm fully willing to believe it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Marcus warns Christopher Lambert to drop the gun when he's got D in the standoff. And from behind D's head, his huge smiling face just appears. And it is, <laughs> it is incredible, Paul. <laughs> but like, if, if, if this film was known by anybody, there'd be a gif of it. Because it's just it's just Christopher Lambert going, hello, and it's um, it's why Amazing. you get him in your movie. Fuck yeah, you get him for that effect. Um, the hello effect. Barbie's grizzly death really was quite affecting because again she was my favourite character. I really liked mm. her and I thought she was really interesting. Um, but yeah, her her horrible death, which results in her vaguely comic f- corpse just sort of hanging from the hole in which she shoved her head. Mm. was um, affecting I liked it for different reasons um, <laughs> I found it very very funny it was quite amusing um, because when she when she goes off screen and the briefcase explodes this is yeah. um, this is denoted with a tiny puff of smoke yeah. <laughs> comes in that comes in from screen right <laughs> yeah um, like a crap magic trick yeah and uh, yeah everything that follows is just excellent 
yeah, Marcus's accent and voice and delivery. It's a very, very calm English. I'm, I'm going to shoot all of you in the face now. It's going to be fine. <laughs> for me. And, um, yeah, mostly for me. Englishman. Yeah, yeah. I, I, li- I liked him and his look. Um, yeah. Not particularly his floor-length coat that they insisted everybody wearing. I, I used to wear exclusively coats like that. I used to fucking love them. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's cool. Nell really enjoyed it as well. Um, for me, one of them should have worn a jacket. You know, just to... You can't all wear a long coat. Yes, you can. It was the 90s. Because if everyone's wearing a long coat, then it's just, hey... That's the new me normal. And my, me and my goth friends made a Matrix knockoff with a, with a home video camera. If you, everybody wears a long coat, then it's very much like nobody wearing a long coat. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 if everybody wears a long coat, then it begins to lose all meaning. Yeah. When there's one scene where Ice-T goes outside and speaks to the little girl. Yeah. And she says... Get them all. What if I'm really, really good? <laughs> that was fucking yeah. cool. That was great. I enjoyed that this film was just an actor's workshop in being menacing to a small girl. <laughs> it's Everyone your turn now, Mr. T. Great. <laughs> Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I call pity, me that. I pity the fool that misses me up with that other guy. <laughs> Should have thought about my rap name better. <laughs> call me Mr. Ice actually that's Dr. T good. Mr. Ice is my father's name and the fact he called himself Ice T it definitely indicates he's got a sense of humour I do appreciate that look I, I, I like the music choices they mm. didn't always work and it was a bit overbearing at times but I appreciated mm. what they were trying to do with playing jaunty mambo and um, yeah and, and, and that occasionally um, it, it feels like with a bit more competency and a bit of a better sense of self with making yeah. this movie it would have really been effective um but you know i appreciate the effort there was a, but there was one scene where the sort of desperado like the mariachi yeah. guitars come in and it made yes. for quite an effective scene because lambert's walking through and kidding this guy and it, it's yeah. you know it's the same sort of silly action but then just before he shoots this guy who he's been beating mm. over the head he the guy just goes no no and it's um yeah. it's, it's very um it, it's too realistic <laughs> and it's it's very affecting yeah. actually for the um, most part, he sets a good tone. He sets a good silly, kind of campy, anything goes tone. Yeah. But there are a couple of times where it does get a bit too real. I mean that in a good way. I, it, oh, okay. It, it shocked me. And uh, yeah. I went, oh, fuck. Because he does have PTSD. And there's this one shot of him yeah. with a guy's dead, garroted body lean, slumped yeah. against him. who He's just garroted. Mm. And he's sitting there having shining style visions and mm. PTSD of his past, you know, part his earlier career. Yeah. So he's a fucked up guy and he's taking all these meds that don't that really shouldn't work because it makes it scary that mm. they are. Um so yeah, I did like the No, please. It's it's like <laughs> reminds me of um that is it Friday the thirteenth when he goes, I'm dying <laughs> or Oh yeah, or, yeah, yeah. He stabbed me. One or so. Yeah. He's yeah. killing me or something. Yeah, that was really great. Yeah, that's it, he's killing me. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. No, it was the seventh one because I remember Psychic Chick was there. Oh Christ. Yeah. Ugh. Good memory. Uh, my last good thing is when a um, British guy goes outside to the car and he sees a little girl there and he goes over and talks to her. And um, Christopher Lambert has just been there and failed to see Clive Owen clung to the side of the car, even though he's very much in view of him. <laughs> Clive yes. o- and um, Lambert wanders off. Clive Owen comes around to talk to the little girl. And with him probably still in earshot, the little girl says, please kill that creep for me. 
And that yeah. was that was good because it made her unpredictable. Again, anything I didn't predict, I really liked. Yes. So, yeah, it was um it was an interesting moment and I thought, "Huh, I wonder what that little girl's motivations are." Yeah, no, you're right there. Um I just, yeah, I enjoy the fact that he gets up when Lambert <laughs> has walked away 3 seconds ago. Yeah. He just stands up, big old tall Marcus. <laughs> and noisily walks around the car. Yeah. What was oh, that little fuck. girl? <laughs> Tell me about the OGT. OGT oh, I'll sing head. you a song about the OGT. OGT. OGT, OGT. OGT, OGT. End of the song. So Matthew Whitaker, <laughs> who who recommended this oh, thing, yeah. said Lambert is nuts in this one, but he brings the cool, <laughs> unstable badass we needed. Love that yeah. movie. It's true. And, he's um, always at his best when he's playing a slightly trampy kind of crazy character, Lambert. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, him and oh. um, Highlander 2 in particular. When he's, you don't know if he is just genuinely insane. Best movie of all time, actually, I think. Um, <laughs> actually. Uh, Matt, the beautiful Matt, the uh, the the boss Matt, he uh, then put up a call to some of his great friends at Bulletproof Pod and uh, Kissed by Inertia. Uh, Kissed by Inertia replied, that soundtrack, with that inflection. Yeah, it did inflection. have a really good soundtrack. Very important, I think, for setting the tone of the whole film. Um, it, it kept it. It kept it light and kind of fun, which was important. Uh, parenthesis, and that I have a copy of the DVD signed by Pyun. How awesome. They have a signed copy, copy by, of Al- the DVD by signed Albert by Pyun. Pyun. That's, that's excellent. I mean, that's the most fucking amazing thing I've ever heard. I want to know the story of this. Get in touch. We want to know. Yeah, when, when we had to you know, uh, rem- uh, remind ourselves who recommended this and discovered it yeah. was Matt, I just thought, oh, can't wait now. <laughs> I know this is going to be a good one because he's got he's got a knack for this kind of stuff yeah he's a legend thank you OG team boy which I mean thank you Matt thank you OG Matt thank you Matt Matt um let's talk about the one better thing the one better thing do you want to start sure yeah so I would I would recommend just seeing Mean Guns anyway because it is very silly oh, and yeah. very fun for a lot of it um, so that that's probably first place for my one better thing. But m- yeah, moving on from there, so hey. keeping on the prison theme, um, mm. you've got Twenty Fifth Hour, which Fuck isn't yeah. anything like Mean Guns really, but Prison. Um, it's a Spike <laughs> Lee movie um, mm. based on the novel by Hum Jum Chum, which is also quite good. Um, but Twenty mm. Fifth Hour brings its own it's 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 its own thing. It really it really adds a lot to to the piece i think it's about edward norton who plays monty brogan a mm. drug dealer in new york he spends his last 24 hours before jail reconnecting mm. with his father friends and girlfriend um it's a very gritty and bleak spike lee feel and it's against yeah. the backdrop of 9-11 uh, it's very much an american tale there's a lot yeah. of questions of identity in there and um and i guess you know uh, responsibility and duty yeah. Uh, to like various levels of society and, and personal life. And yeah, it's also got Philip Seymour Hoffman and um, everyone's favourite condiment, Barry Pepper. <laughs> and Rosario Dawson and Anna Paquin. Ooh. It's a really great cast. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a sucker punch of, a, of an ending. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, just really interesting. Awesome. Okay, um, I'm going to stick with the action theme. I'm going to talk about another couple of 90s action movies uh, that mean a lot to me. And I'm going to recommend Deep Cover. Now, Deep Cover is directed by Bill Duke, who you might remember as the terrifying guy from uh, Predator, the one who didn't notice that he was <laughs> shaving in spite of not having a beard, if you remember the Predator <laughs> musical better. Um, but also the creepy uh, henchman dude from uh, Commando, the fuck you asshole, 
fuck you, asshole, Ooh, asshole. guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was him, but um, I mean, he's great, but he directed this film starring Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, mm. Young Larry Fishburne, this is 1991, and he plays, it's your standard undercover story, really. He's an undercover guy who goes, you know, deep cover in order to infiltrate a um, a young drug dealer who's working on a particularly prestige shit, played by an edgy Jeff Goldblum. Um, <laughs> it's really quite marvellous, and it's your standard thing where Lawrence Fishburne suddenly finds that he has more empathy for the people he is supposedly trying to police than the, his police colleagues, um, who are sort of overbearing and um, unsubtle in their work. Yeah, it just deals with his sort of crisis of confidence. But Duke directs this, it's been described as like a modern uh, noir, which I think is very fitting because it's one of those movies, and in particular these came from the late 80s and early 90s for me, where even though these characters are going through absolute personal hell, reflecting on real inner turmoil and a lack crisis of identity and, you know, all the rest of it, you just think, you're so fucking cool though. <laughs> Your shit is so cool. You're driving that awesome car yeah. through this night, you know, on a cool summer night in L.A. And you're just fucking rock. I wish I had your life, even though it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'll still take it. I get I get that with, like, action movies from this time. But it's also notable for its theme song, which was composed by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, one of his earlier works. Ah. Yeah. Um, and it's just a lot of fun. Uh, yes, for the movie. And I saw this movie at the cinema twice, actually, although not intentionally. The first time was part of um, Black Star, which was BFI's th- uh, year-long program of um, black starring movies from throughout cinematic mm. history. And there I saw it with a very BFI crowd, and I took it as a very serious, like, oh man, this is really heavy and, you know, really interesting in the way it's exposing the sort of drug culture in it, you know, West... On in in, uh, in LA, yeah. it's um really interesting. Then I saw it. It was the surprise film at the Prince Charles, and I was so surprised it was the surprise film. I was like, which I guess is the intention, but I was <laughs> I was just thinking, holy shit, really? Long. This this is like yeah. Boys in the Hood being the surprise film. It's you know, tonally yeah. this is um interesting. It's a total camp fest. I didn't notice okay. at all the first time I saw it. It's really camp, and there's a lot to sort of laugh at. And I think it's that brilliant thing where everything that hasn't aged is great, and everything that has aged is now really entertaining. Oh, great. So there's no, that's like, wonderful. lulls or bits where you're like, oh, that's a bit shit or a bit lame. It's yeah, okay. either actually moving you, or it's now funny. Very much a Highlander, actually. Cool. So that is Deep Cover. One other film I'm just going to recommend is Set It Off. Uh, which is an oh, yeah. F. Gary Gray film. You may know F. Gary Gray as, yeah. you know, a guy directed Friday back in the day and The Negotiator, another film I really like. He keeps directing movies that people don't talk about much, which I really like, like The Negotiator, Law Abiding Citizen. He did mm. get quite a bit of acclaim with um, Straight Outta Compton. Yes. I think he got his dues there and he's now directed The Eight Fast and Furious, which I didn't find to be one of the better ones, unfortunately. No. But this film, Set It Off, is fucking great. It's uh, four women. It's Jada Plinkett, Queen Latifah, uh, Vivica A. Fox, and Kimberly Ellis. And they are working a shit job. They're constantly being kept down by people around them, by loan sharks, by shitty bosses, and just a whole bunch of people who underestimate them and constantly, you know, just make life difficult. Mm. Um, and then Jade Plinkett's um, son is killed by the, pol- by the police during a complete fuck-up operation where they're trying to get a, dr- a um, bank robber friend of his. And that's the last straw. Now they are going to rob banks. So they all take up arms, they all start preparing, and they become a sort of crew. And it's just about how the police, led by John C. McGinley, 
<laughs> to link us back to Highlander for a moment. Yeah. Doing um, the impression of in his serious awesome dramatic role. Of John C. McGinley. In a serious oh, cool. dramatic role, which he actually really nails. And yeah, it was just it's, it was all about the four lead women, though. It's particularly Jada Plinkett, who's fucking great in that role. Yeah, it's a really, really good film. It's an exciting action movie. It's surprising the extent to which you're going to care about these characters by the end. Mm. And more than anything else, it really effectively communicates the idea that once stuff starts getting really bad, and you start to think, the money isn't worth this. There's no way that you know, just get out of there, live your lives, you know? This isn't worth mm. dying for. It still communicates really effectively the idea of, no, the money doesn't matter, they've just got to fucking make it. You know, yeah. they just can't let the world be shit enough that they get to be taken down and just go to prison or killed, you know, or, mm. or well, go to prison and go back to whatever shitty life is going to be proportioned to them. They've got to go out on their own terms or they've got to make it. There's no in-between. Yeah. And... Yeah, that just was really quite powerful in a way that's reminiscent of like Feldman Louise. Oh, cool. The One Better Thing. Okay. Thank you very much for listening to One Good Thing. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> so if, if you want to get in touch with us, you could do so on Facebook and Twitter at OGT Pod. You can send us an email at gmail at OGTPod at gmail.com. Uh, we're on all good podcasters. We're on Spotify now as well. So if you prefer to listen to that on some total, some total corporate sellout bullshit thing then you can probably do that as well but we're also on spotify um if you want to tell a friend now would be a really good time to do it we've got so many episodes we've got a hundred thousand people in the freeman database and now if that's not enough to sell our podcast then what is what is Um, now it's been a while since we asked but if you want to leave a review then that's Mm. one of the best ways of um getting helping getting the word out there but if not tell a friend we've got so many episodes now there's at least something for someone um (laughs) There's something are, you've seen. We, yeah, at least one thing. Like, <laughs> Nell, Nell the other day said, oh, that thing you said, it's quite good. So, <laughs> oh, um, wow, Nell said that. Yeah, I know. So, oh, man. She take that hates one you. straight to the bank. She despises me. <laughs> I think she's got earphones, but I don't know if she can hear me. Oh, she's giving me a thumbs up. She can hear me. <laughs> so, um, That's not a thumb. And I love you too. <laughs> so... um. We have a Patreon, everyone. And um, <laughs> I really thought you were going to say we have a cat for some reason. Just a thing to say. We have we a cat. Have a cat. We've got, we've, we own like 30 DVDs. It's really nice. Um, Shit, got yeah. PS4 and TV setups around sound. Yeah, it's all going really well, well everyone. Yeah. Thanks for asking. <laughs> um, but we do have a Patreon. And um, oh, yeah, this it. week, uh, Paul's pitch Game of Thrones Part 2 came out where I pitched yep. my fix to the Game of Thrones series. Mm. Um, so the full thing is out there now. It's as long as Game of Thrones. Um, we're really, really <laughs> proud of it. So yeah. if you want to get a load of that and also get our mm. Rise of Skywalker pitch, as well as a whole bunch of other stuff, including our very saucy and steamy 50 Pools of Good Ooh, um, literary audio series, then you can yeah. do so for as little as $1 a month. Um, on top of that, you just you keep the lights on at OGT Towers and you give us that warm fuzzy Yay. feeling inside and the opportunity to keep making just new and varied stuff all the time. Um, yeah. So and yeah, just thank- keep us up t- up to our bellies in uh, cats. Up uh, to our bellies in cats. <laughs> so um, a, a little bit more. Um, I was on Baby Beard's Rollercast the other week talking oh. about my soundtrack work for the first two seasons of Rollercast. 
Um, yeah. There is a teaser for what's coming next season. And uh, yeah, I'll be doing the soundtrack for that as well. And it's coming along very, very nicely. And if you do want to check out um, any of my soundtracks for Autocast to date, you can do so on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash love traitor. Fantastic. Mm. And also, if you go to Screen Mayhem, you'll find some of my stuff, including the Scottish film, a podcast I do with Katie Maiden, where we review Macbeth adaptations. So Perfect. go check that out. I like it. You will too. You will actually as well. I'm Paul Banqua. I'm the Polter at the Feast. <laughs> I'm Poltergeist. And remember, the one good thing about Mean Guns. <laughs> <laughs>